We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into this week's Real Tree Rebels. I'm Chase Palmer. We're going to sit down with Gray Kessinger, Houston Astro, three year starter at shortstop for Ole Miss prior to uh, his professional career. Gray was the uh, Brooks Wallace Award winner, given annually to the top college shortstop in the country. He had a minor league career that spanned a few years and was called up by the Astros this June. He got his first hit on July 4th and was part of the Astros' playoff run. They made it the ALCS for the seventh consecutive year. They've had a world championship. They've had World Series mixed in there as well. But they uh, went to the ALCS this year. So we're going to talk about some of the key moments from his season. We're going to talk a lot about his career the uh, things he's seen making the jump from minor league baseball to major league baseball. We'll have some old Miss topics in there also. So it's a great time to talk to Gray. I really appreciate his time here today as he gets ready for what is hopefully a full season. Wish the Astros next year. He's back in Oxford right now for the offseason. Kessinger family also very uh, important to me. Don wrote the uh, foreword for my book, Resilient Rebels. It came out after Ole Miss won the national title. His grandmother, Carolyn, is one of my favorite people, and then uh, the rest of his family as well. Um, I really appreciate So it's good to sit down with Gray here for this interview to uh, today, and we appreciate Realtree as well. Realtree.com. Go to the website. You know about it now. They've got the recipes. They've got all your gear. They've got all you need for your uh, your hunting and outdoors. Gray mentions in the uh, podcast today that he's getting into duck hunting a little bit. Realtree can help you out. So Realtree.com. See what they've got. They also have a lot of Wave 3 things with uh, Ole Miss out in multiple vendors all over the place in Oxford, College Corner, and other places as well. So uh, check those out, Realtree.com or your local stores for all your Ole Miss-related Realtree gear. It's a uh, it's a big week for Realtree and Ole Miss heading into Saturday with Texas A&M and Oxford to face the Rebels. So let's go on with it now. Here is Greg Kessinger on this week's Realtree Rebels. Greg Kessinger now jumping on with us here on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Greg, good to talk to you. Good to see you. Been following you over the last uh, few months. You got called up in June. You guys making the ALCS for uh, the seventh straight season at least. Uh, just got to tell you, I was there when it ends. What is, by the way, good to talk to you, obviously. But um, what what's it like when a Major League Baseball season ends versus like when a college season ends? I mean, like what's that those hours and minutes like when the game's over? Right. Um you know, with game ended and uh, we kind of had quick kind of team meeting. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, I mean, everyone's really just on their own. Some guys, you know, packed up their locker right after the game and kind of got out of there. 
you know, I think other guys were hanging around for a week or two, just kind of, you know, figuring out their off season or whatever. But, um, I mean, it's weird because, you know, some guys are free agents, right? Some guys, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they don't know their plan. So, um, but for like Lindsay and I, uh, we, uh, <laughs> we, we woke up uh, the day after and we had no plans. Let's just get home to Oxford. Let's just go. So went up to the field, got the stuff and, and we just hit the road. Uh, but everybody does their own thing. I mean, there's disappointment, but I'm assuming it's not emotional in a way that a college or a high school or something like that would be, right? Um, yeah, it, it for sure different than than the college feel of it. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's for sure disappointment because you know we really felt like we had a you know a team that was that that I don't want to say should have done it because it's baseball, but certainly could have done it. And um, it was it was kind of a little bit of a shock, I think, for a second, and then kind of once, hey it's over. We had that little meeting. It's like, all right, we got to move on. Everybody's got families and, you know, it's just kind of keeps you hungry though. Like you could tell certainly guys were disappointed and, um, you know, top to bottom from, from coaches to management to, you know, everyone's just, man, like, even though we've been here every year, doesn't those guys still, they, they still have that hunger and drive that they did seven years ago. And I think that's why, why they're there every year. Um, so there's for sure some disappointment, but, um, just, just keep gotta get you ready for next year. Did y'all know during that that Dusty was retiring at the end? Uh, not really. I mean, we kind of had an idea. Um, just with the way that maybe he was would say things, you know, in like a meeting or whatever, but nothing like set in stone. So, um, but I think one thing about him that I learned is, man. He really cared about us. The other day, you know, he'd, he'd come in. Hey, I, I had a dream last night, or I couldn't go to sleep last night. I, I I just needed to talk to you. And right when you got to the field, he'd pull you in the office. I kept cast. I I just couldn't stop thinking about this last. You know, it's like man, this guy can't rest. Like he just loves it that much. And and I came to really appreciate that. You and I were texting, I guess, the day you got back to Oxford after it all ended. And I, I asked if you were mentally tired. Have you been able to kind of process what this has been like for you? I mean, since the moment of getting called up and having that type of team success and getting to the playoffs. And now, I mean, can you decompress? I mean, are there, are there words to sort of explain what it's what it's been? Oh, yeah. The season was crazy. I mean, you know, when I got called up, I mean, starting then, I was, we were in Toronto. So I got to find a passport. I got to go through customs. You know, it was, immediately it was just chaotic. Um, and then it's just, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect exactly. I mean, I've been around baseball forever, but I don't think anyone can really prepare you for what it's going to be like. Um, yeah, the travels, you know, travels great. The hotels are great, all that kind of stuff, but you're still on a plane every three or four days. You still are in a new city and going time, time zones and, um, just nonstop. So like even, even your off days are somewhere else. So no, like in the season, there was no time to process everything, but like you asked, now that it's over, you're really able to sit back and look like, man, that was that was a pretty cool year. Um, I didn't, you know, get to play probably as much as you know I wanted to, or like I said I didn't know what to, to expect. I didn't know if I was go- expected to or or whatever. I was just you know there every day trying to get better, and you know I think our uh, you know our playoff race, you know, literally the whole time I was up there, we were within three or four games of somebody. Uh, kind of played into that, you know, that, you know, we have obviously a veteran team that's really good. And, and those guys were in there just about every day. Um, so, I mean, there was one point, what, two or three wet weeks left in the season. We were like, we, we got to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
yeah, it was just super exciting. Um, got to really learn a lot of how those guys handle stress and handle being there every day. And, and, um, you know, they're just very professional. And I think that's what, that's why they're so good. I mean, every day is the same, no matter what's going on, how chaotic life is, you know, families. And like I said, everything, those guys just show up to the field with a good mindset and, um, play really good baseball. Um, and I think that's kind of the stuff that I'm processing now, um, you know, moving into next year. It's like, all right, learn how these see, learn how these guys did it and and how can I prepare myself mentally to to be able to do that. Were there one or two guys that you really tried to emulate the most or implement some of the way they went about the day to day? Yeah, I mean, I, all of those guys are awesome. I mean, they really are. Um, for me being, you know, rookie year, I mean, they were immediately welcoming any questions you have, the whole thing, and I could list you know, all the guys, they all did that for me. Um, one guy really um, tried to follow the way he went about his work daily was uh, Mauricio Dubon um, because he's in that utility role too. And he was, you know, taking fly balls in center field. He goes to second, he goes to short, he goes to third. I mean, he just goes everywhere. And it's like, all right, how do I need to prepare myself every day to get my work? Not, not knowing where I'm going to play next. And, um, he does such a good job of that. And once I was there for a few few weeks, I was able to see kind of, all right, this is how he stays ready. This is how he prepares. And I think talking to him about that in the dugout, when, you know, when do you flip the switch? How do you stay engaged? How do you think the game? And um, always being ready for the different circumstances where you might come in was a huge help for me. Because um, that's, I would tell, I would tell my wife, Lindsay, when I got home, right, I would be like, hey, I am so tired and I didn't play today the first mm-hmm. few weeks because it's just the anxiety of not knowing. And he, Dubon was just super great about teaching me that like, Hey, just, just watch the game, pay attention and, and you're going to be all right. You know? <laughs> so you and I haven't really talked in, in, in length about it. When the, the day you get the call, I mean, take me through that. When, when, when you find out who tells you, I mean, do you have any idea when you would get up that morning? What, what happened? Yeah, it was, you know, I, I actually, I was playing really well. Um, and I, I, like I said, it's impossible to know what they're thinking, but I was like, I, you know, if I keep this up, I feel like I'm setting myself up for a chance. And um, on, I got called up on a Sunday or yeah, on a Sunday. And um, that Wednesday we had a double header and I actually kind of tweaked my forearm a little bit on a swing. Nothing was wrong. I was just a little sore. And um, you know, I told our manager in AAA and, he was like, all right, we'll just take a couple of days off. Like, not a big deal. It's early in the season. And um, he calls me. And we, like, understood, like, I think about Friday came. He was like, hey, you're still a little sore. Let's just take it slow. You'll play play Tuesday. Like, it's not a big deal. Well, Saturday, I got a text. And I was like, hey, if I, I need you to come to the training room tomorrow, right when you get to the field. And I was like, well, that's odd. Mm-hmm. And then manager calls me to the office and goes, hey, if I needed you to play today, could you like we're down some guys we need to win today like could you and I was like yeah I'm pretty sure I could play today he goes pretty sure and I was like yeah he goes well what if uh Dusty needs you in Toronto I was like well I've never felt better like I let I feel great and uh, he goes all right well Dusty needs you in Toronto you're flying out tomorrow and I was like you messing with me like he goes I'm not messing with you like for real congratulations and then it was like I asked him, I said, hey, how am I supposed to react? I don't know what to do right now. Uh, but that's how I found out. It was pretty cool because, like I said, I hadn't played for a few days. And then I was like, hey, 
you're you're on the flight. And I was like, awesome. So what uh what was the order of your calls? What'd you what'd you do at that point? Wife, wife, then parents. Those are the okay. those are the first two. So um man, it was cool. And and Lindsay was actually in uh we were playing um Round Rock, um, the Rangers AAA, and she was actually over there with us. So uh she was able to to be the first person I saw and we drove back to Houston. Said hopped on a flight and uh was able to meet parents were able to fly out uh mm-hmm. and meet us there. Did you uh did you call Don? Oh for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Then then it was grandparents and brother and yeah. you know, it's it just, um, man, it was so cool though. Like I said, it just, it's crazy. Once again, no one can really prepare you for, for what that feels like and how fast that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was walking into the field to, I'm on a flight to Toronto in 12 hours, you know? And it's like, all right, like this is happening right now. And, um, you know, it was kind of cool. I don't know if you know this, but during COVID, so the the 2021 season, so we didn't have a season 2020, 2021 came around and I got to go to the alternate site um, to start the year um, just because COVID was still a thing kind of for, for the MLB. And I got called in the office with two other guys and said, hey, y'all are going to the big leagues. Some guys got sick. So me and two other guys are driving to Houston. We get to Houston, walk in the locker room, and then they tell me, hey, one of the guys actually, you know, is able to play. Sorry, man. Like, we tried not to let this happen. It just we – ha- we, you had to get up here in case. And So having that happen and being so close, being in the locker room, fast-forwarding two years later, being able to get the call. And this wasn't an injury. This wasn't COVID. This was just me playing well and – and desert, mm-hmm. you know, get a chance. Um, yeah, like it was, you know, Dusty told me at the time then too, he goes, Hey, it's going to be sweeter even next time when this happens for you. And he was right. Like it was cool. It was really cool. There probably aren't words for that level of disappointment in the moment though. You're that close. You get there. Oh, like, man, Oh, I, like, you're just like, Oh hell. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, cause I had called everyone, you know, one Dusty asked that day, he goes, Hey, did you already call your pops? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's just, I don't know, like I said, that's baseball is crazy. You just can never you know what's coming in, in the world of baseball. But it all worked out, and like I said, it, it really made it a cool moment. What was your first interaction with Dusty when you got called up this time? Uh, just went to his office, shook his hand, very business. Hey, you're here to help us win. Mm-hmm. You ready for whatever. Uh, you know, like it was pretty brief. It was because like, I got there a little later. I mean, talk about stress while I'm at the airport there was a shift change in the people doing the baggage claim. So I waited there for like two hours, the games in four hours. So I'm pulling up to the field as the game's about to start. Like, so <laughs> it was very business related at that point. And then got to talk to him and, and our GM after the game. So did you get like, I mean, or is there a driver waiting on you at the airport? I mean, like what's, what's happening yeah. to get you there at that point? Yeah, we had, they had a driver waiting for me. So, um, as soon as I finally got my bags, we were able to go straight to the field. Do you know most of the guys? Like, what's the introduction just to the rest of the team and stuff at that point? How many do you know personally just from being in the organization for the level? Um, I do. Being able to go to spring training. Yeah. Um, so I got a little cough. Yeah, good. <laughs> being able to go to spring training every year. Um, you know, you're, you're around them enough where <clears throat> when I got in the locker room, 
I didn't feel uh, uncomfortable. You know, like I said, we have a really good group of guys too, which helps. Um, there's some things that you got to learn as a rookie, right? Like, you know, when to hit in the cage and kind of stay out of, not want to say stay out of their way, but, but there's mm-hmm. a pecking order as it should be. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be that way because you're a dude, you should be a dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we need you to be a dude. Like it just is what it is. Uh, so, um, but, it, but regarding it, getting to know guys, it was pretty easy mm-hmm. just to have this kind of relationship with them of, of being in the dugout with them on the field in the locker room. And, and so I think that's actually huge that I had that because it made it easier. It made it easy. It didn't feel like I couldn't talk to anybody. I was on eggshells. Um, which was really nice. It was really nice. I've talked to a lot of guys about their first game, first debut stuff, and it's been about, hey, just it's just still the baseball. Calming your mind down, still just play normally. I mean, you have to kind of tell yourself that too is, hey, it's still the same thing. I mean, not like you give yourself the Hoosier speech or anything, but at the <laughs> right. same time, I mean, it is, it's, it's, you know, trust yourself a little bit out there. For sure. And I think, um, I mean, the, the big leagues, is for sure different, right? Like, I mean, you, you can feel it's different. I mean, there's, like you always say, it's the same game, but there's a third deck. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's a big old stadium. Like, all the, the media is in the clubhouse. Baseball is always on the TV. Like, all of that stuff takes a little bit to get used to, right? You know, fans are screaming. It's loud, the whole thing. But what honestly surprised me a little bit when I got my first start, my first at bat, took it in, walk into the plate, enjoy that moment. But then when I got in the box, it became baseball again. I don't I don't know how to explain it. And like, I mean, he threw me a this guy, I think I don't know what exactly. It was like a 68 mile an hour curveball. And like I wasn't over amped. I sat back, hit it pretty good to center. And it's like after that, like even especially because it was a first pitch curveball, I just swung at it out of reaction. You know, I was like, all right, this is just baseball. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just a baseball game. And um, you know, I'm a shortstop and I'm talking to Altuve and Bregman just like I was talking to the guys in AAA and talking to the pitcher, hey, you and me. Uh-huh. Like, just if you stay in the game, then everything else gets out of it. I think if – if when I, you know, if the hard part would be if you disengage from the game and you let that. But if you're just playing ball, it really – I mean, it happens fast. Pitchers are really good, all that kind of stuff. But it's the same game if, if you let it just, just play the game. How, how good of a job did you do with – playing day-to-day and not stressing about, hey, I got to produce or I go back down or staying up or anything like that as you're, as you're yeah. going through it. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. It's hard. I mean, yeah. you know, I was – I got called up June 5th and I never got option this year, which, I mean, that's awesome. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I wasn't playing a lot. So there was a little bit of like, you know, what's going to happen? Um, you know, like, am I – do I need to walk on eggshells or what? You know, whatever. Um but so, like I said, this goes back to the guys on the team. They're great. They were super supportive. There was a we we're in LA. Um, one of my first big moments. I got um, Pena started cramping. I had to go play short. We're in extra innings, um, in like an eleven to ten game or eleven to eleven. Anyway, we go to turn double play where we would have got a chance to go to the next inning, throw it away. Um, we lose. And obviously, I'm beat up about it, not just because I'm in the big leagues, but I just hate making errors in general. Yeah, sure. Lost the game, whatever. And multiple guys you know, came up to me um, said, hey, like, just because that happened, you're not getting sent down. Like, mm-hmm. don't come tomorrow worried that because you threw one away, you're getting sent down. Like, that's not how this works. Like, it's baseball. It's going to happen. So, like, 
kind of after that failure happened and the support that some of the guys came back with, it's like, all right, like I can't control that anything else. Right. Let me just play the game. And it got better from, from there. I think just the fact that, Hey, it's going to happen kind of thing. Is postseason baseball more intense? I mean, on TV and stuff, we, you know, it's, it's the thing I love the most because everything pitch feels so much bigger and more important, but when you're in the game and out there, how does it feel compared to a regular season game? A hundred percent. It's different. Yeah. Is a hundred percent different, and um, I mean, because you play 162 of them, I mean, there's times where a guy hits a home where everybody's sitting on the bench, right? And stand <laughs> up, high five the guy, but like, we got yeah. 95 more of these, like, you're gonna hit more homers. Like, um, guy hits a home run in the in the playoffs, you're up on the top rail, you're jumping over the rail, you're high five, and people are screaming, like, it's completely different. The intensity levels up. Every pitch, you can just feel it. Like the the atmosphere and the, the the fans are different. Like the atmosphere, they those people are you know they're in it more. Like it's for sure a different a different game in the postseason. Did you relax a little more after getting first hit, first home run? It uh, helps to kind of get off the snide a little bit. First first hit for sure. Swing and bunt doesn't matter how I got it. It's a, it was a knock right, and I was like, yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. you know, it was good, good. We got the knock out of the way. Um, and then uh, for me, like, I mean, the home run, obviously, it's cool. You want to get that out of the way. But that wasn't as big as the first knock for me. Yeah, the first yeah. knock was like, all right, I think I was like 0 for 7 or something like that. I was like, all right, we kind of I kind of want to get this one. I don't want to get this one. Um, had a couple walks in there. So I've had some, I had some good at bats. Uh-huh. I just wanted one of, the, one of the hits. And then once we got that, for sure, could feel like relaxing a little bit. And the homer was cool because it was the first one. But that wasn't as stressful as, as getting the first yeah. hit out of the way. You let out a pretty good emotional scream after the home run, though. You got back in the dugout yeah. and let it go for a second, right there. Yeah, I was, you know, I was jogging. But it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, do I do I act like I've been here before, or do I just enjoy it? I mean, it's your first one. You hadn't been there, right? So I was just like, nah, I'm gonna enjoy it. Or ever had some fun with the guys, and uh, that was cool. I was like, I'm have some fun with it. Do you remember how far it went? Uh, I know it was like 106 off the bat, it and it went in. Yeah. And just to the right of the Crawford boxes and left center and made it in the little tunnel. Yeah, 1065 off the bat, 397. 397. I didn't think yeah. he got to the 400, but I thought it was 106. Curveball. Yeah, yeah. I know it was a curveball. Uh, he threw me a fastball right down the middle of the pitch before. And uh-huh. I had no, I was like, why didn't I swing at that? I have no idea. Because it was a 1 0 count. Like, yeah, you're in driver's seat. That's me. Nah, took a heater right down the middle. But then we got the curveball. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made of real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol, no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite teams, whether you're tailgating at the stadium, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate your game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can tell your granddad you're only 13 behind him on home runs. That's right. He, he only hit 14. So, hey, I mean, you're a couple of gold gloves back, but you're only 13 home runs. So, you're right You're you're, you're right there. My uncle, <laughs> my uncle texted me. Uh, he said, congrats on the first homer. It only took you X number of bats more than me. Because I think he may hit it on his first at bat or something out of homer. Yeah. So, yeah, he yeah. said, congrats, but you're still behind or something like that. Yeah. What's the preparation like? We talk about analytics in baseball today and at the major league level. I mean, what is the data you guys are focused on compared to the minor leagues or just in general? Do you feel like that, you know, it would have been five, ten years ago? Yeah. Um, our org does a pretty good job, you know, with that through through the minor leagues, getting you prepared because in the big leagues, this is how it's going to be. Um, but what's different in the big leagues is um, it's more individualized. Like guys, some guys don't want to like – some of them, you tell them, hey, this he throws this percent, they're this pitch, this percent. Like, they don't even want to know that. Tell me what pitches he has and how hard they are. And then on the other end, some guys want to know what he, what his tendencies are in a 1-1 count with a runner on second. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just because it's so individualized, guys have learned what works for them. Um, but anything imaginable that you want to find out, we can we, – we have access to. You know, we um, – you know, what, what are your hot zones? What are your cold zones? Like personally, what does this pitcher do versus, you know, with his pitch shape in your hot and cold zones, this is what you should look for today. I mean, it can be as specific as you want. Um, and then in the dugouts, it's all on the iPads during the game. Um, so you can go look at his tendencies. And like I said, it's all there for you, kind of whatever you want. And then you go up to the coach and he'll give you like a general game plan, but but it's very individualized. Where do you fall in that range? Um, I think it depends if I've seen the picture before, how I'm feeling at the plate. Um, you know, something I've learned is, I mean, you're out there every day. If you're an everyday guy, like you're not going to feel good every day. Like there's just no way. Like some days you go to the cage and like, wow, my swing feels terrible today, but you still got to go play. You still got to perform. So maybe those days we have, you know, maybe we up the game plan. Maybe we, we get more specific zones. Maybe we hunt a pitch, maybe, just mm-hmm. because you're struggling that day, and so you're going to simplify it. It's like keep your eyes sharp, look for your pitch, make you know, hunt the middle of the plate, whatever it is. Um, but if you're feeling good, I'm more of a all right. I don't want to overthink when I'm feeling good because I'm feeling good. Let's just kind of roll with it. Um, now you don't want to just completely change your plan, but the most important for me is whatever I do decide, I don't waver from it. Mm-hmm. You see, uh. I mean, you see guys all the time in the big leagues. They see they see three fastballs and they go sit down in the dugout, and everybody's like, "Why aren't you swinging the bat?" Well, because if you would have thrown the pitch they were looking for, they weren't going to miss it because that's how committed they are to a plan, and that's how you have consistent success. You can change your plan, just not mid mid wind up like, "Oh, I don't know, he might do this." No, 
step out. If you want to change it pitch by pitch, you just got to commit to it. And that's the biggest thing. Well, and I mean, it's never been harder to hit a baseball. The pitchers have gotten so good. The velocity is so high. The breaking stuff so high. They've maximized their bodies, everything about it. Where, I mean, if you don't have a plan, it's not like you're going to go up there and go, hey, I'm just going to go read the seams. The hell with that. I mean, you're not right. going to see and it. And the thing now that's not cool that pitchers are doing is <laughs> the last few years it's all been, hey, let's throw four seamers. Let's throw four seamers. Well, now everybody just woke up and has a great sinker. And yeah. it's like now they're going halfway to the plate and the balls just go different ways. And you, they're both 98. You don't have time. Like, oh, that's a two-seamer. Like, you got to you gotta pick one and kind of hope it is that one. Because, I mean, Luis, Cast- Luis Castillo, the guy from the Mariners, he throws mm-hmm. like 80% fastballs. It's just two different fastballs. And you, he does in and out with both of them. And you're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. But, like I said, makes it even harder. You know, it's one of the things I admire the most about, I mean, obviously I don't miss guy Lance doing it as long as he has, is he basically yeah. just has the fastball and has been able to manipulate <laughs> and stay with the times enough to still be so yeah. competitive this this long later with just that one pitch. And I mean, like I said, everybody's throwing four-seamers? All right, he started throwing fours. Everybody's going sinker-cutter? Sure, I'll start throwing sinker-cutter. And like I said, I was still doing it. Yeah, I think I, I talked to Austin Riley a few weeks ago, and he said it's more of just swinging at a spot than anything else. Like, I think this is where it's probably going to be, and maybe we'll swing there and see what happens at that point. He does. That's, that's Austin does an incredible job talking about a game plan and how he mm-hmm. thinks about stuff. It's cool to watch him, and that's why he does so much damage, though, I think, because he has a plan. When it's in that plan, he's aggressive. It's not a passive mm-hmm. swing. He's always aggressive at it. So uh, take me through it. I heard Clem talking about it a little bit. You're, uh, when the bench is cleared, where are we trying to go? What are we trying to do the other night? Oof. So we got to get out there quick. You got to be out there quick. <laughs> That's just understood. You, you got No matter who it is, no matter who's you, – you get out there quick. So I get out there. And, uh, you know, first I'm kind of hanging on the backish part of the pile. <clears throat> and I'm like, all right, like it's kind of de-escalating. Well, Adolis comes sprinting around the side. Well, that's I'm right by Maldi at that point. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, he's bigger than me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, get a jerk. You're fine. I mean, is it – I mean, <clears throat> you know it's probably not escalating in anything. We're just supporting the teammates. But at the same time, don't get cleated. Don't get something dumb happen in the middle of it. You know, it, it, that's exactly. what's going on. The first time I had to ever went out there, Chapman came running in from the bullpen, and I didn't see him. And I'm on the outside of the pile, kind of. Chapman walks right by me. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. <laughs> He's huge. Let's yeah, yeah. somebody else if something really starts to happen. You uh, you obviously got a ton of pub making the catch um, the other night. What? You just come into the game. I mean, is it – you don't even really have time to react. It's more of just move, right? And then you notice, wow, that was a huge moment. I mean, what's kind of going through your mind during all that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, having, I kind of got a heads up. Because sometimes you get put in the game, there's no heads up, just the situation. Um, I got a heads up, hey, this kind of might happen. You might go play short. So I was completely prepared. Um, then when I got out there, runner was on first and second. <clears throat> I was like, all right, I don't know. A ball's coming to me, right? Mm-hmm. I came in the game, the ball's coming to me. It's baseball. You get put in the game, especially in the playoffs. The ball's coming. So I get out there. I get loose, though. Now, look, not only is the ball coming because I just got put in the game, we are closer. Presley throws a bunch of breaking balls, and they got right-handed hitters coming up. 
for sure getting a ball, right? Like, yeah. uh, but then the guy got on second. What I told myself in my head, I said, no matter no matter what happens, this ball staying on the infield. Like this ball cannot get to the outfield. And uh, when it was hit, I, was, I said, I didn't know how it was going to stay. I don't know how high I had to jump, but it was not getting to the outfield. Relief, adrenaline. What's going through your head when the when the ball is in the glove? At that point, we still got a couple more outs to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, it was all right. Presley, get a scramble, get us a double play. Next guy hits one of the warning track in center. Uh, I mean, those those outs. I mean, the last three outs are the hardest outs in baseball to get. Mm-hmm. You, the hardest three outs ever are the last three outs in base in postseason baseball, and so. Um, at that point, I was still kind of locked into the game, and then after it was over, I, I was like, "Hey, that was pretty. It's pretty cool getting thrown in there, make it, make a play to help us win." I know for a long time when you were in the minors, you were kind of alternating positions with another guy, seeing who was going to go up and move around and things. But you, you've been able to show value playing a lot of different spots. I mean, what's it sort of meant to you to have that 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 extra level? Because it's something you've had to work on, and obviously, that's not something that just is is whatever. So, giving yourself the most opportunities to get up and, and help in whatever way you can. Yeah, right when I got drafted, um, the Astros were huge believers in that. Um, so, you know, like it was a little learning curve. At, you know, hey, go get – go get not just – because the way I – I take a lot of pride, in, you know, in playing a really good good shortstop my whole life. And uh, I don't want to be just serviceable, you know, a serviceable second base or a serviceable third base. Like, I want to get really good at it, and I want to be able to play that position at a high level – and um, I, I think just for me, it's hard. You can't really – what happens in the game, you can't prepare for. Like there's always a play that you can't practice that you just got to make a play. So it's get the basics, understanding the footwork of stuff so you can make the routine plays. But, but ultimately, like just have the, the belief and the confidence, hey, if you got to go to your left, no matter the angle, you got to make this throw or whatever, just be free, be loose and – and play with the confidence like you've been there forever. Because if you're hesitant, that's as soon as the ball is going to eat you up. And that's when you're going to get the bad hop. You're going to make a bad throw. And um, Once again, like I said, talking to Dubon um, helped me a lot. This year, I, I got better at this year than any other year before. Just from hearing how he goes about stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it's huge. I mean, I didn't necessarily believe him at first. I was like, hey, I'm a shortstop. Like, yeah, I'll go to second. I'll go to third. I'm a shortstop. And, well, I'm glad that uh, – I'm glad that uh, I I committed to try and get better at it, though, you know, because, I mean, that's a huge, huge reason of why I got my chance this year. Had you played in an actual game in Minute Maid since you were there as a freshman in college when you got your – or when you first played at home in, in this year? Um, we did at the beginning of this year, we did a scrimmage. Uh, okay. Sugarland and uh, Astros in Minute Maid. So that was the first time since. And that felt like a long time ago. I was thinking about it. I was like, wow. I was a freshman. I was terrible. I was, we got swept. I tried to forget yeah, everything yeah. about that trip to Minute Maid. Yeah, y'all. It, it was that deal where I mean, obviously, y'all grew up and had a hell of a career. But that, yeah, that was kind of that wake up call. Y'all went out there, oh, and went, oh god, for three days. It was pretty rough. I was out we there. Was like, oh we were, my god. May have been eight and zero playing. Memphis. No, we would have been. 
It was like the uh, third we weekend. So been, yeah, yeah, eight or nine and oh. Yeah. And then I think we lost to Memphis in the midweek right before we went down there. So we lose to Memphis in our first loss. Got the old Coach B midweek challenge. Like y'all didn't come to play, like all that, yeah, which yeah. was right. And we were fresh. We didn't, we didn't know how to handle all of this. And we just get swept out of there. And we're like, all right, we, we got to figure something out. Yeah, it was, of a year. yeah, it was like Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech or something like that. I forget who the three were, but it was something along those. Uh, I, uh, I just remember the Baylor game, their pitcher. I mean, we got thrown more right on right change-ups than I've ever seen. And at some point, Coach Clem doesn't get fired up. He, mm-hmm. You know, he's very poised. And at one point, he just screamed at us, somebody hit a change-up. <laughs> That's all he's throwing. He's just screaming at us. And I was like, I'm trying. He grew up a ton that year, though. I mean, like, you go through that kind of stuff and deal with that. I mean, it, it, had, it had to season all you guys because that was you and Cooper and Thomas and the whole Oh, group. for sure. And I think that's one reason that I've had success in pro ball is mm-hmm. – or I'll say success. I've been – while I'm where I'm at now, not just success like in the year, but like – Two years ago in Corpus Christi, I really struggled, finished the year really well, went to the fall league, played well, came back, really struggled at the beginning of Corpus again, finished really well. Like being able to learn, all right, like I've been through this. Now, how do we, you know, it's made me learn like this, how we adjust, this, how we still keep playing. Um, I think that's why I got a chance to start in AAA this year because of the way I finished last year. It's like, all right, he's starting to figure it out. We can move him to AAA and, you know, started the year great this year. But I think it for sure, like, helped me be a better baseball player, that that rough stretch of time. You got a normal baseball number. Did you get to pick that? How does that work with the number up there? I didn't get to pick that. Um, okay. But they could have given me 94. <laughs> Give it to me. I'm good with it. You've got to feel a little more confident. You might hang around, though, when you get 16 versus, like, sure, 78 no, or something. Yeah, you go, yeah, whoa, hold cool. on. 16 is cool. Like we we can we can just keep rocking with 16. Like it's fine. Like that that's all right. We don't like feel like we got to change something. Maybe like a yeah. <laughs> I mean this in a very positive way, but you know, obviously playing major league baseball is such I mean it, it, it's remarkable accomplishment in so many ways, but given your family's success, did it growing up, did it feel more possible or real or like something that was a, a goal maybe more than the person who doesn't have that type of experience around them? Um, does that make sense? It does. I think <clears throat> I think it gave me I don't know, maybe I don't want to say because anyone else yeah, in sure. my family played at, you know, high levels that it that's what made me think that I could do it. But I think it gave me just the self confidence of like if you believe in yourself you can do it. Does that make sense? Like Yeah, sure. Um it <clears throat> just being around the game and and I think having that dream of being where I'm at from such a young age, like at some point you just tell yourself, like if you keep believing, you keep believing, you keep believing, it's like, all right, we're going to make this happen. Or if not, we're going to give every single thing we have to that. And I think that's where like that family influence, like not that they made me love baseball or they made me do this or that, like, um, but just being around it and loving it and having that dream. I mean, at some point I said it, you believe so much, it just becomes real. And I think that's true for anything that you want to do in life, right? Like you just keep believing, you keep believing, you keep pushing for it. Like good things are going to happen. What would you be doing if you weren't a baseball player? 
Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm a finance guy, but I, I still haven't finished my finance degree yet. Mom, I promise you I'm going to finish it. Uh, don't I only have like a semester left, so but okay. I have no clue. You know, the, but the history in your family stuff, it like it hardened you too, though, because I mean, there's a certain expectation that comes with that. There's a there's a lot of sides to that. I mean, because I remember during your recruitment, I was talking to probably your dad and Keith, and Don, and everybody, and I mean, you could have gone other places. You could have avoid going somewhere where Kessinger on the back was a much bigger deal and this huge expectation. And as a freshman, you struggled and caught a little of that and different things. I mean, there is another side of it that you you weather yourself mentally with some of those things as well, for sure. For sure. And I think, um, like I said, that whole freshman year really just kind of puffed me up. Like, hey, like, get back to work. Like, you know, nothing's going to be given to you. Like, the whole thing, right? Like, just because we had the number one recruiting class or you were highly thought of or you got drafted out of high school, like, you think Tanner Houck at Missouri cared when I was a freshman who recruited me or who I was? <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, and the more, like, the longer you're in pro ball, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of a picture. Like, all these guys, like, when Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is up and we have mm-hmm. Hunter Brown on the map, Hunter Brown does not care that Vladdy's dad is an absolute baller of a player, right? Like, <laughs> it's just like, no. Like, I'm going to get you. Maybe it makes you want to get him out even more, right? Like, mm-hmm. if anything, it gives these other guys more, more nah, not not letting him get me. But, um, no, I think for sure, though, like you said, it, it that whole thing, you have to just make it about baseball, right? Like you can't let everything get too big. What's the all season look like? What are you doing the next few months? Golf. Golf is on high on my priority yeah. list right now. Gotcha. I played I've played one time since like February, and that was on Monday or Tuesday. Or okay. whatever. So it was Monday. Um uh yeah. Did I say golf? You that's, said golf. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> now, golf, and then, I'll, like I said, I'm going to get to the Ole Miss football game this weekend, get some of my, my Ole Miss sports. You know, basketball, basketball is going to start up, so I got to get my – Okay. Because I don't play enough sports, I got to go watch some more <laughs> sports. I also went on my first uh, my first duck hunt in Texas oh. on one of our off days. Yeah. And I like it. Kind of had a good time, so I might try to sneak in a couple okay. duck hunts if uh, my brother-in-law and, and the fam will take me. You don't have time for everything, okay? We got to pick and no. choose. Got to, got to, got to, got to pick and choose a little bit. Oh, and I can't, can't forget this. I did get a dog. I got a dog okay. um, last off season. He's been at the in laws' house getting taken care of, but now he's back with, with us. And so, got to spend as much time with him too because he, he's the absolute man. Would you, uh, would you name the dog? Brutus. Okay. Brutus. Uh, he's a hundred. He's sitting over here with me. He's a hundred and thirty pound. Uh, Mastiff. He's a big boy, so Brutus was very fitting. Do you uh, play pickleball with Carolyn? Oh, we're going to get out. Sorry, you texted me. We're going to okay. for sure get out there and play some pickleball. I even got a new paddle, so I'm, I got yeah. the new paddle. And um, I actually love pickleball, though. Like I, I, It's so much fun. But I think it's because you can play a long time, be very competitive, and you're not too tired. I think that's why I'm in on it. Well, and I'm, I would assume, given your high level of hand-eye coordination, because, I mean, there's no movement side to side. I mean, after a few minutes, I mean, you're going to figure out how to spin it and man, man, yeah. man, manipulate it a little bit. You're going to be all right. Yeah, it's gonna, and it's I love some work bong, out. so, like, I, the, you know, the, the top spin's similar. Yeah, it's, it's actually the thing that I found the most interesting about it is, unlike tennis, 
it's not going to come to you. You know what I mean? You got to get over the yeah. top of it more because it's not spinning at you as much. Like that was yeah. the biggest adjustment for me was trying for to sure. figure that, figure that part out. But and I'm not saying I'm good at it. I just, I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Your, your grandmother's pretty good. I mean, she's not she's bad. good. Yeah. She's good. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, every time we play together and somebody lobs it over instead of going, she just yells gray. So I was like, all right. So then I'm gassed. Yeah. yeah. We have a great time. Um, yeah. It's awesome. What's uh what's the workout regimen like in the off season? Is that dictated by the Astros at any point? What are you kind of doing, working on that kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, I um this first couple of weeks is just kind of like a I don't know technical term. It's just a prep, like just kind of get the body back moving again. I didn't lift a whole lot during the playoffs because I didn't want to be sore. Um, so just kind of getting back into everything. Um, and then um, John, strength guy with baseball right now, I, we have a really good relationship. He he's helps me a lot. He wrote me some programs last year. Um, and then our strength coach, you know, with the Astros this year, I've got a really good relationship with too. Cause I was lifting four days a week during the season because I wasn't playing a lot, trying to stay active, get better or whatever. And so I'll probably talk to the Astros about that, kind of what their plans are, what they kind of want from me. And then, you know, get here, talk with John, just kind of mesh the two and find out kind of what I want to do. Yeah. But right a, now, uh... prep, getting back into it. Are you a guy that's going to follow the rumors and stuff? A managerial search, free agents. You're going to keep in with your club a little bit. How do you How do you go about keeping up to date with stuff? I'm not sure. I'm high on that priority list to be really in that loop of like I'm going to be told first. So uh, I'll probably find the internet. Out. There's plenty of rumors, Gray. Trust me. As somebody who works on the internet, you can find out <laughs> anything you need to know. Don't worry about it. It's right. all good. No, I'm, I'm actually I'm intrigued though. It'll be interesting to see kind of what direction they go. Um, but when I say I have no clue, mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> I got you. What's uh what's the prediction for Saturday? Oh Miss and now. Ah oh, man. What's the line? It went from five to three, right? Uh yeah, it was like three and a half last I saw. Three and a I don't know. I was hoping that would open at like seven and like stay at seven. It would just kind of make me feel better about it. Um but I mean I I don't want to be like the bandwagon, like not bandwagon Ole Miss fan that's like you know, but there's something to be said about a team that just finds the way to win, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's just no matter how you do it, like if you just keep finding ways to win, you're just gonna have this belief that you're gonna win, and that has to play at some level. That's right? been the biggest thing for me all week because Ole Miss has done that all year, and A and M kind of has been the counter to that. They found ways to mess things up. They don't seem to have a ton of chemistry and continuity right. with themselves. It's it's been and a different we, deal with them. The way we stepped up and played versus LSU, at least on the offensive side, mm-hmm. you know, like all right, it's there. Like you, not that LSU has a good defense, but like it's there. Like you, you can put together a plan, you can execute it. Let's take out like the penalties that I feel like we just seem to kind of be having randomly. And then we keep playing good on defense. Like I can see where we we win this game, like and feel good about it the whole time. But at the same time, I don't want to get too excited. Last thing, what's the best uh, road city you've been to so far since uh, you've been up? Road, uh, best baseball city, sure. Um, for me, was St. Louis. St. Louis was cool. Like the yeah. when I say it's like the baseball when I get to the field, fans, clubhouse, the the vibe, the whole like that's just a baseball place. Like, that's just baseball. Um, they got the classic uniform. You know, just the whole thing. Um, one of the coolest cities, because uh, I, I had never been, but was Toronto. Toronto was super oh. clean. The stadium was really cool. Um, the weather was beautiful. Like, 
I really, and that was maybe because my first city too. So I was super excited. Um, that probably had something to do with it, but okay. uh, baseball wise, St. Louis. And then I really liked Toronto. Cool. Excellent stuff, bud. I really appreciate you, your whole family, as you know, and let's, uh, let's talk again as you get ready for uh, next season. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.